This podcast is intended for professional investors only. It has been prepared solely for informational purposes and does not constitute an offer or investment advice. Hello and welcome to Market Talk, the weekly podcast of NN Investment Partners. My name is Marcel van der Hoef and with me today is Niels Bodenheim. Niels is the head of Alternative Credit at NN Investment Partners and helps manage 45 billion euros in private debt. Niels, great to have you on the show. Thank you for hosting me today, Marcel. Yeah, today we're going to talk about Alternative Credit or Alt Credit, as it's often called. Before we move on, what is Alternative Credit exactly? How do you define it? It can be defined in many different ways. It's also oftentimes referenced as uh, private debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been in existence over the last 20 years. Uh, and simplistically, it's just a loan. It's a loan that's not accessible through the liquid markets or the capital markets uh, for transitioning investments to institutional investors. And so we create loans to different counterparties and different credit risks, including consumer credit, corporate credit, and even government-related exposures. Yeah, it sounds like a very illiquid asset class. It's not a listed bond, for example. Does that illiquidity, does that scare investors off? Oh, very much so. Um, that's why we also service liquidity of different duration types, very short duration to very long duration risk. Uh, but the illiquidity also creates a illiquidity premium over the comparable benchmarks in the liquid markets, which is the benefit that investors achieve through investing in this asset class. So the illiquidity premium is one of the reasons why investors get involved in this asset class. Uh, for those who are not in this asset class, why is it worth paying attention to? For many different reasons. Over the last 20 years, the asset class has grown significantly um, with uh, reduction in, in bank lending. Uh, the asset management world has really replaced or even worked alongside bank and, and institutions to uh, provide loans to the general economy. Um, and, and that's important. So with, with that, it provides a nice balance of allocation that typically decorrelates itself from other asset classes. So it's definitely an asset class that has grown significantly. It's, it's an asset class that is here to stay. And uh, for that, it, it's very important for investors to look at the opportunity that it provides, like the illiquidity premium that we just discussed, but also looking at more stable and defensive positions uh, for the investor to balance out their overall portfolio. Yeah, and it's a really big asset class, as you mentioned. I remember being quite surprised when you mentioned the size of your portfolio, for example. It, it is a huge asset class, and there's also a lot of variety in all the options that are available to investors that typically only take a very small percentage of their total allocation. So almost spoils for choice. Uh, and that's why it's very important to, to make a distinction between what the investors is seeking. Are they seeking an alpha solution with, with capital generation, or are they seeking a very stable long-term investment option? And with that variety, I think people can really pick out what they ultimately need to balance out their portfolio. And so we at NNIP very much provide an income replacement alternative uh, that traditionally would be housed in, for example, fixed income uh, allocations. 
In the first half of the year, the uh, public markets have experienced periods of extreme volatility because of the COVID-19 crisis. How did your asset class perform? Yeah, very well, because we, we, we are an income replacement solution. We, we look for very stable companies, very much look for the long-term sustainability of those companies that ultimately then provide the interest payments that then fuel the income for the investor. So I was quite pleased with the performance of our overall portfolio and the various asset classes that we operate in. Naturally, as a whole within alternative credit or private debt on a more larger level, if you seek out the alpha solutions, you would have an offset and slightly more write, write downs and perhaps more loss provisioning that we would have had in our portfolio. You know, it, it is not a 100% safe asset class. Mm. Uh, so write downs do occur or loss provisioning for future loss. I, I think uh, we look at probability of defaults and loss given defaults. So the occurrence is likely uh, in any situation when you create a loan, uh, but uh, very limited. And there's very limited volatility in our loan book. Because you are less vulnerable to market developments, you base the value of your portfolio, so to speak, on financial modeling. And you really look at the underlying assets. Yeah, and the underlying assets are resilient. And even allow themselves to take the absorption of this market change and repay over longer periods of time those loans. So... Because we are an illiquid asset class, we are not forced to have our borrowers repay the loans immediately to generate liquidity. Hmm. And that creates a, a more supportive solution in this environment. Okay, so the downside in the COVID crisis was quite limited. How about the upside? Was there opportunity to add to your books? Yeah, we, we've invested in all our segments within alternative credit and seeing great opportunities actually. There's probably a reduction uh, of loans that are available, uh, just hesitation on all sides of, of the market, including uh, the people that take on the loans. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to opportunity, opportunities are repriced, uh, meaning that, for example, the coupon or the yield that is generated from the interest payment yeah. is slightly higher than it would have been six months ago. And also the structures which provide the protection to negotiate uh, the repayments on the loan facilities are better developed in this environment, again, from what they were six months ago. So we've seen flow, uh, we've made investments, um, and we're seeing better credit solutions. And that's why I always say it's good for investors not to predict the cycle, but invest for the long term and invest through the cycles. Yeah. And how did clients, investors, so to speak, respond to this? Yeah, they, they respond in different ways and it very much dependent on the type of investor uh, and then also what the objective is of, of the investor on the allocation. Are, are they income seeking or, or capital growth seeking? In our asset class, the, the, the biggest benefit and even allocating today is to continue to seek diversification in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. Decorrelate yourself from, from traditional markets that have shown volatility in the markets over the last uh, couple of months. And in our portfolio, based on the performance that we just discussed, uh, you can really sense the stability and defensiveness of the asset class. 
And so that is the key attraction to our segment of the asset class. Whereas the offset would also be that the alpha seekers are looking for higher generating solution and very much taking advantage of the opportunistic investment types that are also available in today's market. Let's deep dive more into reasons to get involved in this asset class. Um, for example, what about ESG integration in your asset class? ESG has always been a natural element uh, because we're not buying market positions. We are being very self-selective and very critical in the assessments that we make on each and every given loan. We see hundreds of transactions a year and only convert on a very minor percentage of those. So through that self-selection, we can make judgment on what are considered stable, sustainable long-term companies that are in their own right, contributing to society and at the same time provide that stable income stream to the investors. So ESG has always been a, a normal element to consideration. I would say ESG often is discussed as financing innovative companies. For us, we, we look sometimes for the boring and stable non-cyclical industries, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean those companies cannot be adaptable to today's environment or regulatory changes or even social impact factors. And so those elements do come into consideration when we make a new investment. Yeah, and one of the sub-asset classes where you can see the social responsible behavior of an alt credit investor now is the mortgage industry, I believe. Very much so, Sh showing support to the underlying consumer. Um, you know, when you look at periods of unemployment, you want to make sure that those individuals reside in their homes and can continue to live as they do. Um, those duration uh, loans, especially in the Dutch market, are very long dated and, and we show great support to that industry. We have great solutions uh, that provide new financing options as well. And we're currently extending offerings out to the underlying consumers through our new uh, VEN related product, as well as uh, providing support through the underlying portfolios that already exist and already have loans with us. Yeah, so let's move to what NN Investment Partners is doing in this asset class. If you look at the various sub-asset classes, what areas does your team cover? Yeah, we're divided into five different platforms. Quickly, they are structured credit, mortgages, infrastructure, real estate, and corporate loans. And so we look at the full cycle of the value chain of uh, the markets and invest in all of those, but very much for long-term stable income of very duration risk. So give me a few examples of the loans you provided in those sub-asset classes. Yeah, the, the loans in the sub-asset classes are quite varied, but they all do service the general economy. So just as an example, we finance the corporates that manufacture goods. Uh, those goods get transported and moved between different parties. So we finance the receivables that are associated to those goods. And then the goods are transported along roads and we finance the roads that are associated uh, with the travel to different logistics facilities that we then finance through our real estate platform. So serving the overall economy in different ways in different parts of our organization that ultimately then also benefits the investors to allow for choice on what they ultimately are seeking. 
because some of those elements are more shorter duration in nature and other elements are longer dated in nature. So looking ahead, Niels, uh, what expectations do you have for the alt-credit space? Yeah, as I indicated, over the last 20 years, it's very much a fast-moving asset class, right? So I hope more investors will make allocation to this. I think the difficulty for investors is because it's an illiquid asset class, it's also not instant access. The asset class does take patience uh, because it, it needs to develop from an investment perspective, meaning you commit to a certain amount through a mandate or a fund solution. And then that takes time to invest in new transactions that are generated to make it bespoke and customized for that particular investor and the purpose for what it's intended to do. And if you look at specific sub-asset classes, uh, what do you expect to happen in the future? Will some of them become bigger and others become smaller, for example? I don't think they will become smaller. I, I think all of them will grow. I, I think there are asset classes that are newer uh, in this environment. For us, uh, we just developed a, a trade finance product. It's probably one of the most untapped institutional offerings that are out there in the market, which traditionally has always gone through banks from a, a lending perspective, just to finance the general trade of, of, of goods uh, across the globe. And we have developed a, a solution that allows for institutional investors to also look at the movement of trade and goods and receivables and effectively also invest in, in that product. So I, I see lots of opportunity there going forward. It's not to say that the others aren't there growing either. It's just that this one is newer. And I think as a result of that, we'll probably also grow more quickly. If investors are interested in this space, what's a good place to start? A good place to start is to look at the investor's portfolio. And what ultimately are they seeking? Are they seeking income? Are they seeking alpha? And then within income, are they looking to match certain liabilities or are they looking for just general stable income? And when that assessment is made, there are many variety of solutions that then can be formulated to couple with that requirement. So I think it's very much dependent on the investor's criteria versus pushing a product that might not be applicable for that particular allocation portfolio. Yeah, because if we learned anything today, it's that the alt credit space is very large and there's something for everyone. Spoiled for choice. Niels, thanks so much. Thank you. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in your favorite app or keep an eye on podcast.nnip.com for the next one. This podcast was brought to you by NN Investment Partners BV. NN Investment Partners BV is licensed as management company of USITs and AIFs by the Dutch Authority for the Financial Markets. Use of the information contained in this podcast is at your own risk. Investment sustains risk. Please note that the value of any investment may rise or fall and that past performance is not indicative of future results.